Hello everyone and welcome to Digital Journeys. Today we are going to continue our discussion on the importance of system integration in part three of this series. We pick up where we left off with Jim Holman and John Schrader. Thanks for joining me today, John. Um, question, uh, John, that comes up and you had mentioned uh, security. So what security measures need to be considered to ensure that data is protected during the integration? Yeah, a, found, a foundational measure of information security is, is protecting data in flight and data at rest. So this means that any information transferring out of or into any other system needs to be encrypted. It needs to be encrypted during transit and stored securely once it's in any other system. And so information security or data protection is ultimately uh, critical in system integration especially if you're doing a system integration not just internally between internal systems but data integration with your partners or with your customers so external um, integration so things like user access control and logging are, are critical to know what uh, or like change audit logs so what changed who changed it and when did it change those are important to track back you know what are things that that have changed but you know really the, the key is to make sure that there is a high level of encryption and and the data is secure in between the the systems and you typically do not want to store data in the integration platform so you know the data needs to be just in transit between the systems and not stored anywhere uh, especially you know critical data like uh, you know PII or HIPAA related information so you know got to make sure that uh, the data does not get stored in the trans in the transmission just in the the destination source right thanks John that's uh, uh it's pretty clear that you need to have an idea on how you want to uh, protect your data can you talk a little about uh, potential risks involved um, and how those risks might be mitigated? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, typically integrations in the past have been, um, you know, again, at the database layer, maybe batch processed. So I really do feel like there needs to be a paradigm shift in the new modern API era in going away from batch processing to what I'll call single piece flow or what, um, what, lean six sigma call single piece flow so this means that really you want to integrate in real time between systems um, you know for that specific atomic transaction meaning that a sales order came into your e-commerce platform you want to integrate to your you know inventory and uh, fulfillment system uh, typically your erp platform you want to you want to integrate for that specific transaction and that specific transaction you know uh, only so you're not batching them up in your e-commerce platform and then sending them over to your ERP in one big burst. Um, really, what that does is it really does reduce that the the problems that you have between those two platforms. So sometimes what may happen is uh, if you if you process in batch and an error occurs in the middle of that batch, it may hold hostage the other transactions that come after that. And so you want to make sure that, you know, those other transactions get processed or not delayed or, or held hostage by that one error. 
And so typically we want to move away from, you know, database batch processing thinking to more single piece flow, individual transaction, atomic transaction integration. And so, you know, the API era is really ushering in that sort of paradigm shift and that thinking. So I think the good news is it's near real time. So it reduces unexpected, you know, delay um, and complexities in the integration. And there's uh, kind of a mapping. You're only really thinking about that transaction and then repeating that many, many times. So it, it really, I think, is the the paradigm shift that we need to, to preach. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Yeah, so having a, the paradigm shift needs to keep up with the technology, with the tools. Batch processing the days of, say, old school database point to point uh, used with a tool that doesn't require that. There's probably a rethink there where, uh, you know, you, you need to modernize your approach on how you would do an integration as your tools get better. Yeah. The, and the nice thing about the API layer is the business logic stays within those systems that own the data. You're not trying to build too much business logic in the integration itself between the systems. Um, you know, any rules or business rules around that data or cross-checking or data integrity is maintained within that system when integrating through the API layer. Um, so John, what type of uh, timelines are typical for completing integrations? I know that's a, a very broad question, but what kind of resources also are needed by an organization that wants to complete an integration? Yeah, good question, Jim. You know, integration, it, it does really depend on, you know, what type of integration that, that we're doing. And it d depends on the tools and approach um, that we're using in, in process too. So obviously using an integration platform as a service can speed up the integration process because of those things that I mentioned earlier is, hey, there may be an out of the box connector to that data source or that API. Uh, there may be, um, you know, mapping that just needs to be done and can be done really, really quickly. So it does depend on kind of the tools and it depends on what type of integration is a deep integration. Um, meaning multiple services. It could be, you know, just customers, just contacts, or is it, you know, sales orders and items and units of measure and, you know, all the different things that could go into an integration. But, you know, typical integration pro project may be, you know, three weeks to three months, uh, depending on the complexity. But, um, you know, typically you want to identify a specific system of record as the source of truth and have that source of truth then uh, you know send its data out to other systems that may need it but you've got to identify kind of a source of truth between the, the different systems right and then as the platforms become less technical do you find that from a resourcing perspective it's less say developer dependent yeah, absolutely. Like like you said before, kind of no code, low code type integrations can go faster, and the learning curve is a lot a uh, lot less. So, um, and then depending on you know a specific skill set to do an integration, it may take a while to find that specific person that knows what they're doing in that type of integration. So, you know, iPaaS tools 
uh, more industry practice, you know, system integration tool sets are really reducing the complexity of integration as well as the timelines of, of an integration project. That's great. We talked a little earlier about uh, some needs for integrations that require an integration come up um, and to be moved into production really quickly. So having something that's less technical and potentially more uh, integration developers within an organization can be helpful. Can you, um, for one last question, John, before we go, um, one thing that's uh, been on my mind as well as other clients that are interested in an integration, they don't have really an integration posture, uh, how, can a, how can the success of an integration be measured and what metrics should be considered? Yeah, Jim, you can help me answer this one too, but you know, typically on projects that we start off with with a customer or client, you always want to start with what is the ROI, what is the what is the potential return on investment, and and having a shared uh, business case with the client, putting a shared business case together for that integration project, and it, you know, I think it really becomes a critical mass when you have, you know, three, four, five different systems that you need to integrate you have to then hit a critical mass to really invest in like a integration platform as a service or something but it's better to start when you're smaller and then build upon it but um really go through an roi model on what that looks like um you know for current costs and what it might look like for an automated system right the areas where we see clients tend to have the best opportunities for an ROI, tends to be in cost reduction. So here, if they have, for example, um, some integration platforms can replace a legacy integration that the client may be paying for support on. They may have to retain the original developer because it's proprietary. And by moving to say a commercial off-the-shelf tool, they can reduce what they're spending on current integrations and what we see um, having such a large CPA practice as part of Cherry Beckert is in some very messy audits, either because an integration that exists isn't working well, or there is no integration. And there's such a manual amount of data entry, which tends to be then pushed to the end of the period or the month because entering data by hand is a pain, which means errors come up, there's deadlines, there's additional managerial review and approval that otherwise wouldn't be needed. So there's a lot of cost avoidance by having your people that are currently not using an integration to do something of higher value. Yeah, and I, you know, we like to focus on reducing risk or reducing costs, but there is the other side of the equation, which is increasing revenue or increasing, you know, a profit because um, we can really run a process faster or scale without without uh, increasing the cost side of the equation. So integration really becomes an enabler to scale and grow and increase revenue. Um, and so I, I think that's really where automation and system integration can can help businesses in their growth strategy. Um, or maybe going into a different market. So maybe you have your your own e-commerce platform, but now you want to sell in Amazon, uh, you know, marketplace or 
Walmart or, you know, eBay, things like that. So how do you integrate to those systems to increase your market share and increase your, um, you know, market presence? So, you know, system integration can be an enabler and can be a growth engine as well. So it's not just about reducing costs or, um, you know, streamlining that process. It could be increasing revenue or going after additional markets. Thanks, John. So we want to thank John Schrader for joining me today to talk about systems integrations. It's been a very lively and interesting discussion with a lot of downstream benefits to uh, customers out there and really any size for, from the enterprise down to uh, startups into the mid-market. So John, thanks again for joining me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Jim, for having me and a great, great time to spend with you. Thanks, John. So if you'd like to learn more about systems integrations and how this might be able to benefit your organization, please contact us. Thank you, Jim and John, for the discussion today. If you enjoyed this discussion on system integration, please feel free to like and share on your favorite social media channels. Stay tuned for the next episode of Digital Journeys.